0: Living the extreme... This week on Reliving the Extreme, we are reliving the episode of ECW from February 22nd, 1994. Nate Maxson here with you, along with my brother Aaron. Hello. And Mr. Chad Austin of ECW fame. Was that? <laughs> and we are all over the place here. Chad's on location at a hotel. My house is all boxed up. Aaron's, Aaron's in his palatial estate, so all is right oh, with heck. the world for him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's what we're doing this week, February twenty second, nineteen ninety four. I don't think a, I don't think we have a ton of notes on this show, but we're going to try to give you an hour, folks. <laughs> Are we like John McAdam? Can we give you an hour? Can we give you an hour? All right, well, guys. Put
1: it this way, if the show wasn't an hour. If right, the show right. wasn't an
0: hour. <laughs> I, was I was actually kind of disappointed. Take
1: apart, Mikey Whiprag.
0: I was actually kind of disappointed because. Since Chad would have issues with Peacock for this week, uh, we had to find a YouTube episode to watch of the show. So I was like, oh, well, at least if we watch a YouTube episode, maybe it'll have the original music and stuff on it. Nope, it was the the WWE Network version. So didn't get any cool music videos or, or there was some weird music, but not cool music on this week's show.
1: Although I will say this, I thought the music was way better on this episode than previous episodes. I don't know about you guys. Did you pay attention to it at all, or you just kind of like... The only
0: one that the only one that really stuck out to me. We'll talk about it later. But there's a video about all the shit going down with um, peaches and Sandman and all that. That music did not fit what was playing over it at all. It was like a lullaby or something. Like, like I pictured a baby crib with one of those little turnstile
2: things (laughs) rolling above it. You know, in the beginning, when it just kept going, huh, huh. And then some guy would say some nonsensical lyrics, and then I'd just go, oh,
1: <laughs> We've already gone off the fucking rails.
0: Already, yes. <laughs> That's what Jesus. we do around here.
1: In my notes, <laughs> two and a half Hur. minutes in, we've already fucking gone off the rails.
0: <laughs> the show starts off with a bunch of recap. You get a recap of the Terry Funk-Shane Douglas feud to start the show set to the music Aaron was mentioning. Then Joey Styles is in the Eagles Nest and shows us the uh, tag team altercation stuff from last week with the Public Enemy, and the Bruise Brothers, and Sam er, and Taz and Kevin Sullivan. We get footage of the Bruise Brothers versus the Public Enemy. Now they do announce that the Bruise Brothers and Public <laughs> Enemy funny. will f- well, go ahead. That
2: was funny though, because like Joey's talking about it and he's like, and he's like talking about the Bruise Brothers and Public Enemy, and he's like in the middle of a sentence and it just abruptly cuts. Joey off and goes right into the video. There's no like, like, oh, let's look at the video. He's just like, and the Bruce Brothers and the Public Enemy Heather, and then it's just video.
1: Like they cut that fucker off. This is one of the worst edits I've ever seen in my life. It's bad. Hey, time restraints, I guess. I don't fucking know. I, I, um, I mean, I actually just wrote that I, I'm, I'm starting to get used to the bad music. Yeah. And then as soon as I heard Joey Styles say the main event was going to be Pat Tanaka against Sabu. Oh like, get the fuck out of here. This guy, this guy is like herpes. <laughs> he can't get rid of Pat Tanaka. <laughs> I, I, I swear, I think, that he has a lease on, a, on an apartment somewhere in Philadelphia. So he's got to, like, wait out his lease before he can fucking get out of there.
0: Come on, Polly. I need one more month. You can get one more month out of me. That would be great.
2: He's probably yeah, paying Paul. Yeah.
0: Paying Paul.
2: <laughs> paying Paul. That's my right. cons- so Paul's keeping around. his Pat's giving him 20 25 bucks a week. <laughs> the,
1: the next well, we part do... is the the next part was the best for me because it, are, are you going to talk about when Public Enemy was in Todd's office?
0: Yes. Yes. Why? That. that yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that It was. And if, at first, they're acting like they're the camera's not there, and then they act like the camera is there.
1: And then Rocco has no idea why they're in his office. Like, you know, what are you doing? And, and he's like, oh, Rocco, we're going to find that contract. Is it with the contract thing or something like that? Yeah, like, yeah. Who... So you just break into the guy's office. They're the worst thieves ever. Well, actually, I know a couple people that are worse than that. But, yeah, they're pretty bad.
0: Public Enemy videotapes all of their crimes. so You can see that it's them.
1: Well, after, after that promo, I mean, after that video hit, and then Public Enemy cut a promo and uh, Rocco Rock talked about how he was going to beat like the, the Harris Brothers like dogs. I wrote down that I think he beats animals. Because <laughs> he beat He mentioned it like twice. We're going to beat you like dogs. And I'm thinking like, oh my God, he said it twice. You're, you're going to beat these guys like animals. So next time the WWE Network should just pay the money for the SPCA commercial. Or, or get Sarah McLaughlin to play that song behind a um, uh, uh, public enemy <laughs> video. Oh, <Harmful> Johnny!
2: <laughs> I swear he also said uh, he misspoke, and I swear he said it. He said that he was talking about Taz and uh, and, and Sullivan, and he's like, and "You guys are being angry with us, and we came out there and we beat off the Bruce brothers for you." It's like, whoa.
0: Whoa, you did, you did what to the Bruce Brothers? He says, he says, it's ECW. ECW. <laughs>
1: could, could anybody keep track of where Jason was at? How do you like my sweat? Yeah. <laughs> How do you like what my hand
0: job? How do you like my jerkins? Yeah, <laughs> they we do find out that. Uh, The Public Enemy and Bruce Brothers will face off against each other on the March 5th show, the winner getting a shot later in the night against Kevin Sullivan and Taz. So there's the contract. You know, Public Enemy was looking for a contract. It didn't didn't turn up anything for them. They could have just listened to Joey Styles make the announcement. Anything else on this segment, guys?
1: Well, I mean, is it me or or does the Harris Brothers just physically stand up the public enemy, doesn't it just look awful? Yes. Like, yeah, side by I would, side. I was going
2: to say it's going to be even worse if they fight Taz and Sullivan. Well, Taz.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know why they don't get Skylo and Little Louie out there. <laughs> <laughs> they can just beat all the little people. Like, look at these
2: big motherfuckers smacking these toddlers around. When, when, they to showed, like?
1: when they showed the video of the Harris brothers and public enemy, like, fighting, I'm just going, these guys ain't selling shit. They didn't mm-hmm. sell nothing. The most they would do was just move to the next buckle. Yeah. <laughs> they would just they, they bruiser Brody the whole way through, and I'm like, you're gonna put these guys back out there in a full-fledged match and expect these two big donkey dicks to fucking cooperate <laughs> with these two fucking goose? Like, you fucking gotta be kidding me. And, of course, I'm pretty sure we all know what fucking happened. I'm not even sure the match did happen, did it?
0: I don't know. I'm actually going to look and see if this show is available. The March 5th show is available on YouTube to see if we could watch it and review
1: it. Um,
2: oh, Johnny, they're selling shit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, he's yelling in the ring. <laughs> Because, <laughs> I mean, uh, every, everybody's seen the spots of him calling shit when they when he were in WCW.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, I don't know who they were working, but, yeah, he was like, – Johnny was calling shit out. No, Rocco was calling stuff out loud, you know, like, like they, they didn't give a shit. They were just, hey, throw me in, you know. <laughs> so, but, yeah, but they were just like the Harris brothers weren't even saying that. No. They were no. just throwing them in. <laughs> and then when they come off the ropes, there was a big-ass fucking boot right to your fucking jaw.
0: The next matchup on the show, Mike Awesome against Keith Shira here a, uh, and a and Mikey Whipwreck. Let's not forget about Mikey in a handicap match. I'm always happy when I see Mike Awesome on my TV, so I was happy to see this on the show.
2: Aaron? I, I agree, and part of me thinks, do you guys think that, hello, do you guys think that, <laughs> Paulie thought he had Mike Awesome more than like thought he was going to have him longer than what he did. Um,
1: in my opinion, I think no, no. I don't. I mean, I think that he. I think he. I think that he knew how much time that he had Mike for. Mm-hmm. And then you know because because Sa- uh, Sabu had to already tell Paul, don't you think that yeah. hey we're, we're working for Onita, so we do tours what. But twice a year, three times a year, year, and it's three months. So get as much mileage out of us as possible. That's what I think. I have no idea, but you know what I mean.
0: I think the only guy that Paulie thought he had long term was Pat Tanaka.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, and 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 JT Smith, and maybe Jason. (laughs) And he
0: can't get get rid of hundred until they got
1: in a fight over the Grand Wizard. Yeah. (laughs) Over, Over who blew who in the in the woods behind the fucking hamburger arena. Well literal Um, I love Mike Awesome. I think Mike Awesome, I mean what I I was I'm pretty sure I was there at that Mm. show because I think I was the same tapings that I was just on. And and when I first saw Mike Awesome, I looked at him, I was like, who the hell is this guy? You know? And then when I talked to him I realized he was fucking dumber than the fucking box of rocks, (laughs) didn't know shit. He didn't know anything. You know, he was barely trained. He had Mm -hmm. just done some independence, like a few independent shows in Florida. And then Japan just sacked him up. And they trained him the complete wrong way with that garbage nonsense, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: That's what he did. So when he comes back to the States, he's like, he didn't know any goddamn better, you know? Yeah. But hundred well, percent chance that he was there on a recommendation of Sabu.
0: He does a sick belly to back on Mikey in this match. Fucking folds Mikey up, um, and uh, that's that's my that's my note. I mean, other than the finish, but anything else on this match? Other than it's awesome. I mean, he does like. He, I mean, I can't tell watching this match, Chad. Of course, I'm not a worker, but I can't tell watching this match that he's green. I can just tell that he is, he is physically imposing and that's the point of the match. You know, like I I didn't see any flaws really that I saw.
1: Well, it's not so, it's not so hard to look flawed when you're just killing two two goofs. (laughs) You know what I mean? When you're just Mm -hmm. out there, just stomping them and throwing them around. And, and Mikey probably being um, the best, I would say Mikey was probably the best worker in that match. Right because Keith Shearer, I hadn't I don't know who the guy is and Mike awesome you know as green as green as he is thrust him to a star position and Mikey had been getting beat up for months you know he learned how to work a little bit
0: mm-hmm.
2: but it did a good job it, it I mean it did it, the the match did what it was supposed to do it smashed awesome over and showed her that he was a badass and this guy might be the guy that can fucking maybe put sabu down you don't know. Yeah, no, it, it, it it was
1: it, it was a it was a great squash match, but mm-hmm. it, it, the guy could only freaking work. Yeah, you know, do something besides beat up. You know, enhancement talent.
0: <laughs> we don't want to <laughs> use
2: the word jobber, right?
1: Yeah, we know, right. You don't anybody. want to offend me.
0: <laughs> After the match, we're followed up with a Mike Awesome video package, which was well done.
1: Okay, yeah, so I you agree. said
0: you said. um That you think you were at this show. And the reason I was going to ask if you were at this show was because the next segment, there's a glaring thing in this segment that makes no sense to me. All right, so we get Joey Styles and Johnny Hotbody in the Eagle's Nest. Johnny Hotbody.
2: Who's dressed like a Goomba pirate?
0: (laughs) Arr, forget about it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, And making stupid jokes. It's totally totally not all his jokes were stupid he had a really good joke
0: okay lay it out for me what did
1: i miss <laughs> i bet you i wrote it down
2: he said that um uh him and tony stetson have known each other since they were 13 and he took his girlfriend away from him and she was so young <laughs> he said that girl was so young i felt like royalty <laughs>
0: I didn't even catch that. I did not even no,
2: catch
1: that. The quote that I got was when he was making fun of Tony Stenson is that he, he dropped a pizza the other day at, at his day job. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's got a day job at a pizzeria and hot body's making fun of him because he, he dropped a hot pepperoni. I just wrote sad after
0: that. Sad. Now here's the deal, folks. It's Tony Stetson looking super goofy anyway, but we'll we'll get to that. Um, Against Donnie Allen, and what didn't make sense to me about this match was, by the logic of the story, the last time, I think it was Johnny Hotbody, got beat in a fluke, quote-unquote fluke, it was by Chad. Me. <laughs> so why would you not, to round this whole deal out, this whole story you're trying to tell, have Stetson competing against Chad? I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Not that Donnie is not, shouldn't, shouldn't be in a match or whatever, shouldn't be getting a payday, but from a story perspective, if they're trying to tell a one-upsmanship story between Johnny Hotbody and Tony Stetson, you'd think they would have thrown you in there to give the possibility that maybe you're going to get the the upset victory over Tony also.
1: Well, um, if I'm, if I'm accurate in my recollection, I believe that it does happen. Okay. And I believe that when me and Stetson work, I, I I could be completely wrong, but, but by your, by Nate, by your logic, yes, that's the way that's, you would have thought about it. And I just don't remember working them like in a singles match, whatever, but the only thing I do remember is hot body coming out like while we're having our match mm-hmm. and kind of like taunting him. I mean, maybe I'm just making this up for Christ's sake.
0: <laughs> well, but- I don't think you yeah. could forget that jacket, though, that Stetson was wearing.
1: Oh, yeah, man. He was – I mean, I, I can't I, – I don't know why he didn't last longer in
0: ECW. <laughs> the, 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 the disco ball look with a mustache? Yeah. he's Hell yeah. Just, yeah, sharp, man, sharp. <laughs> he
2: He's the hip – he's the disco hitman. man. I remember episodes ago, we were like, oh, man, Tony Stetson looks really good compared to everybody else. And then I just put in parentheses, days gone by. No more. Yeah. <laughs> now everybody
1: else looks really good compared to Tony Stetson. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Kyle and Keith Shear are the same person, identical twins, and uh the young dragons. They're superstars next to the living legend, the disco fucking whatever hitman.
0: Didn't remain the measuring stick very long, did he?
1: Uh, well yeah, uh, because we, we, we still have our um our nine one one match where we came together where you start to see where where Paul is getting rid of, of Tony. Because that's funny, bro. And, I mean go ahead.
2: I said it, it's funny because I, I glossed over this note, but during the Mike Awesome match, Joey talks about how big he is, and Joey's like, other companies might employ big men that trip over their own feet, but not here in the ECW. And then I was like, uh nine one one.
1: Mike Awesome! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, J.T. Smith, well, I mean, we all know that. <laughs> yeah, but so, uh, I... I, I I just I uh I, I just don't know like I mean do, what do you think it was you think they were just filling time
0: probably and Donnie did a good job in the match selling oh and, Donnie you know. got
1: eight up he yeah eight up and he looked great
0: hmm um but yeah that it was it was time filler and it's another one of those uh, we were just talking about I think before we went on the air one of those. When are these guys ever gonna go away? Every week, you think this this crop of guys from Cabrini is gonna go away, and here they here they still are taking up positions on TV.
1: And the names keep just coming, <laughs> like the ones that we always keep thinking are going away. They just keep showing up, and it's like you know they're done. Yeah, you like, just no, know it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're not.
0: Well, up next, we see footage again of the uh, Dreamer Snooka segment from a couple of weeks ago with Tommy kicking out of the Superfly Splash, which is going to lead us into a match between Jimmy Snooka and uh, what's the other name Shira used? Kyle. Kyle, yes, Kyle. Kyle Shira. And they're talking about Joey's... We got Hunter Q on the outside, of course, and this match was fucking boring, like... I, when I was watching it, I was thinking I was watching, like, WWF All-Star from 19, or
1: 1976.
0: Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it was just, I don't know. It was just like a, woof, man. This is, like, I understand being methodical and punishing your opponent, but Jimmy Snuka took that to another boring level during this match. I'm sorry
1: to be
0: negative here, but damn.
1: Well, I'm personally offended on that note <laughs> because Kyle Sheera got way more offense than I got. He got a side headlock twice. And I think he got the body slamming. And I he even got like su- that. He, he even, even got, got a thumb to the eye. Yeah. Thanks, man. Rub it in, why don't you? I got I got a <laughs> form the chest. <laughs> and then Joey asked if if
2: possibly Hunter Q had anything to do with the resurgence of Jimmy Snuka and his and his aggression to get back on top. It's like no, that no, was aggression. Did. Yeah, the only that was, thing Snooker's aggression. The only thing Hunter Q did was pick him up from the train station. That's the only thing he did.
1: Well, what? Yeah, um, what? What I I mean, what? What they really should have done because Snooker didn't do anything. He did basically the same stuff he did to me, you know, the chop, you know, all that nonsense, and then you know whatever. Is that he really should have? He really should have after the dreamer stuff. Which that recap of the Dreamer and him, I really love that. I thought mm-hmm. that was great, great storytelling. It it just it, it got you like ready for what was going to happen. Then why wouldn't you have Jimmy Snuka, Superfly, the Shearer kid, once one two pull them up, and then do it right. Again? Yeah, you know why not do that? And then and then what do you need Hunter Q for? I mean, Jimmy's walked to the ring a million times. He knows where it's at. It's a big square <laughs> thing that has ropes on it. Just go out that way, and then get in the ring, and then he acts all goofy and crazy and stuff. But he still knows how to lace up his boots. I, I, I've never figured that out. George the Animal Steel, as insane as he is, he still has to sit down and put on tights.
0: Lace the boots up, yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean... And that just that just mind boggling. Like, why are you know? At least when when Norman was doing it in WCW, he would come out with his boots unlaced. You know, he didn't. Yeah. You know, he'd right have you know, like no, he, a sneaker. Like the yeah, shit wouldn't Snook, match. Snook, yeah. Snug is back there. He's putting on his tights. You know, the the long leggings and 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 tying his shoestrings up. And you know, like oh, he's crazy. All right. He tied him in a double
0: knot. Um, Tommy Dreamer comes out at the after the finish where, of course, Snuka wins this matchup. But Dreamer comes out and puts uh, Hunter well, Q out, out. In
2: during, He comes out during. Like, the match is still going on. It's not even after the finish. Like, he comes out and beats up Hunter Q, and it doesn't even distract Snuka why it's happening.
1: Hey, Aaron, did you catch this? I figured you'd probably catch this. Did you hear what the crowd was chanting? I know they said Kmart suit, but I don't remember the other. <laughs> and I'm thinking, like, what? If, if the crowd was yelling Kmart suit at me, I'd be going, "Motherfucker, I got, I, I paid like a hundred bucks for this suit. I, I saved money. Why would I go to the men's warehouse? I can get the same exact suit here. Oh my god, you just hear a horn. I can't even get away from any noise out here. And, um, yeah, why would you go to the men's warehouse and pay you like a thousand dollars for a suit when you go to kmart and get one for 120 dollars I mean especially if I, you're gonna I, wear
0: I, it, especially if, especially if you're gonna wear it in the ecW arena where you're definitely likely to get yeah. something on it
1: where you where you the legs are possibly going to touch the floors when you walk to the ring and, you know after that they ain't no good anymore <laughs> so yeah I, I I would actually if I was 100q I would just save the coupon. I mean, he I mean, saved the receipt for where he bought the suit. He'd be like, you damn right. It's a 100 hour suit. Look at all you fucking filthy people here. I, you
2: know, because I'd it is $100. i start chanting back to them, Goodwill shirt.
1: Goodwill <laughs> shirt. That's a handout. Dude, them people are brutal, man.
0: Tommy Dreamer puts out Hunter Q with the shortest sleeper hold ever. Like, he, he, like I thought actually that was pretty effective. Like, he puts him in the Dreamweaver, and Hunter was out in, like, a flash of a second. Like, he didn't even that – was, that was probably the best thing Hunter Q. Robbins ever did.
1: <laughs> I think the reason why it only took Tommy Dreamer about eight seconds to put him out was once he got him in the sleeper hold, he smelt his breath.
0: He smelled his own breath. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, he, he smelled Hunter's he smelled Hunter's breath and he just said, Oh, this ain't I'm not gonna don't sell this. Just go right he, to sleep. Or he smelled his breath and he dropped him
2: like Hogan dropped Belzer and was just like nope. Yeah. <laughs> Smacked up. He said sleepy
1: time bobo
0: <laughs> And then um Snuka looks into the camera like or looks at the cameraman like he's Nancy Argentino. And then we go to the next segment here. Um
1: TCB, brother. Oh, it is, brother. TCB.
0: <laughs> but actually, I think
1: now he, if he was still alive today, he'd be saying CBD, brother. CBD, brother. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: okay. The overall. Before we round out that segment, I want to say it does do. It did do a good job of. It, no matter how boring the match was, the content of the aftermatch and such did do a good job again of hyping Snuka and Dreamer because Dreamer got one over on Jimmy by kicking out of the supervised bash. And now as much as we want to make fun of Hunter Q in the story itself, now he's knocked out his manager. So he's getting one over on, on Jimmy Snuka week after week building to the match on the 5th of March. So,
1: but I, but I thought Snuka wasn't he in the dangerous Alliance? Or the Hot Stuff International, like
0: yeah, when they were doing that deal, he was with him and Morocco and Eddie Gilbert. All his buddies left him, so he had to resort to Hunter Q. Robbins.
1: He had nobody to handle him in Philadelphia. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was completely confused.
0: But Paulie moved on to Sabu a long time ago.
1: Oh, and didn't care about anybody else.
0: Yep. Up next, we get a promo from Jason. Talking about the match coming up between Road Warrior Hawk and Mr. Sweaty. Hughes. What's he that? He's
2: disgustingly sweaty. Like, why is he so sweaty? It's nasty. Like, Jason is, like, the biggest, like, just, this looks like a pervert. Like,
1: <laughs> ugh. It and yeah, uh, it's great. Like, I wrote it in quotation marks, Jason Promo, awful. <laughs> it, it was awful. I mean, it was. I, I thought he was going to say, how do you like my sweaty arm?" And he kept like flickering with his mullet.
0: Yeah, his I noticed that too. He kept like doing the oh, like, what the fuck mullet?
1: Get this, oh. get this idiot out of here! And, and then what was he talking about? What um, bread Mr. and butter? And, wrote, it, was that
2: he said that he's working hard for bread and butter and suits?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know what the fuck he said. I, I, I guess you got to have goals was, in life. There was a certain point during this show where I got up, and even though I'm in a hotel room and there wasn't anywhere to go, I just found somewhere else to fucking go.
0: Well, <laughs> he went over and
1: you know, stood,
0: stood, st- stood by the Keurig, right?
1: Like, I'll yeah, out, I'll be out by the ice machine. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I said, I, I hear I hear it in the background, and this motherfucker ain't saying shit. And I'm like, what is this, like three minutes? You're gonna waste three minutes of TV time to have Jason promo a match between Road Warrior Hawk and like Mr. Hughes? I mean, come on. That that would be a match that if I wouldn't even advertise. Because mm-hmm. do you think anybody in Philadelphia is actually going to the Philadelphia to the ECW arena to see Mrs. Hughes against Road Warrior Hawk? Like, don't you think Road Warrior Hawk's already worn his welcome out? Yep. <laughs> Mr. Hughes was never welcome.
0: He was—he's never welcome to begin with. Yeah, he's—he's he's still talking about the Undertaker, as we mentioned last week. <laughs> um. Yeah. This. This. Uh. This promo was not good. And also, I think that you would have been—it would have been more effective. Now that you mentioned that, Chad, to have—if you're going to have Mister Hughes, what—if if you're going to have Mister Hughes on the card, say that Mister Hughes is going to face a mystery opponent. You know. You have some intrigue there. You've already sold the arena with Funkin and, and Douglas. I mean, that's that's you know, that's what people are coming to see. But for the sheer fun of it, Road Warrior Hawk probably would be more effective as a surprise than he would be as an already announced talent, if that makes sense.
1: I totally agree. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, nobody gave a shit. Nobody mm-hmm. ran to the box office <laughs> when they heard of Mr. Hughes' wrestling Road Warrior Hawk and said, Oh, I gotta see this. And then you go, What else is happening? Oh, Funk and Shane and Sabu or something or whatever yeah. you know what I mean so, Yeah <laughs> <laughs> No it was where Hawk and Mr. Hughes is what we want to see I'm here for and Hawk and Hughes. Donnie Al will be there
2: Like <laughs> let let like for one I think Mr. Hughes should have been in this fucking promo Yeah it shouldn't have just been Jason by himself but like you were saying if anything don't have like just say Jason knows that Hughes is going to be fighting somebody let him come out of the fucking arena and Hughes be like uh who you bringing out who you bring it out and then let fucking is Iron it the, out. Undertaker?
1: Yeah, is the Undertaker? Is <laughs> it the Undertaker? <laughs> That's the only name. That's the only name Mr. Hughes knows. Undertaker. I still got your urn. Well, the pawn shop still has your urn. I know what pawn shop is at. If you want your urn, you need to get your ass down here to Memphis.
0: I'm your from the hood of in Kansas.
1: Your, your urn equals up to three vials of crack. Well, I am gar- I bet you Mr. Hughes would have sold that goddamn urn. <laughs> he, he probably would have settled for two. Deal. It was awful. <laughs> it, it, it just, it's just terrible. Mr. Hughes, he's not trying, you know, because at this point he's so far in with his, you know, problems and all that other stuff like that, that he's just there for the payday, mm-hmm. you know? And what do you think Road Warrior Hawk is looking at? He's looking at his date book, going, "Well, thank God I'm in Philadelphia because it's Philadelphia International Airport, and I'm going to fly to Japan. Right? I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make some real money. You know, this this fucking ham and egg place that I'm working at here, you know, it ain't ain't paying nothing. And you know, so I'm going to be at a hotel in Philadelphia. I'm right next to the airport. I'm just going to hop on a plane and get the hell out of here for what do what they do? Like three months or however long yeah. it is, because this is probably close to the end of Hawk, right? It has yeah. to be because doesn't he don't doesn't he start back with like WCW like soon or New Japan soon with um the Power Warriors? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah he does the, the New Japan stuff. And then he also is – he makes appearances he in WCW in 94 too. I think he has a match with Kurosawa on A Clash of the Champions.
2: Well, it was um, 95.
0: Was it? Okay, I thought it was
2: 94. Yeah, I think, I think uh, this was like – I think this is when he was like doing shit with Stang – I think, I think, like he was working with St- like Tino Sting, but mm-hmm. my chat I could be wrong.
1: I don't know. It, it just defeats the whole purpose of having one half of the Road Warriors. You yeah. know? yeah. It just ain't the same. You know, it, it, just the the visual don't look the same, and you know, and it's just like when you have you put somebody else out there, it's like, well, we couldn't we couldn't get Animal, but we got Bill Malky. I, I mean, <laughs> it's like <laughs> at the end. of
0: at the end of the run with uh, with demolition in the WWF, the last man standing was Barry Darso and he wrestled a bunch of matches on primetime. It's just demolition smash. And it's like it's just it's not even you know what I mean? Like Crush had already put on the purple and yellow garbage, and he's still out there as demolition smash. Yeah,
1: and it's just sad. I, yeah, it's it's just ridiculous. And I mean, I don't I don't want to say that I feel bad for Hulk because you know. He was making money, you know, mm-hmm. making a, he was still making a living on the independence because he was waiting on in between dates with Japan and stuff like that. But he wasn't trying, you know, mm-hmm. and then and- he's got to go out there with fucking Miss Hughes and, I-, I buried Undertaker. But like, how about you cut a promo on me? We're trying to and sell it- tickets against the match with me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> not the Undertaker. But yeah, and at this I, time,
0: I, aren't at this time aren't Hawk and Animal at, at odds? Is this the time where they were kind of at odds with each other over over? Because I know they had some heat because Hawk was using the gimmick over in Japan without Animal.
1: Yeah, but well, wasn't it because um, Hawk quit
0: the WWF? And
1: Animal didn't like. Yeah,
0: they didn't? yeah, I think you're right. Actually, Hawk, I think you're right.
1: Hawk left. Animal didn't, but then Animal stayed. But they told him that we have nothing for you.
0: Yeah, because they realized you shouldn't just have one half of the Road Warriors.
1: Yeah. If you don't have your partner, there's not a whole lot we could do. So then, mm-hmm. wasn't that on the dark side of the ring? When um, when Animal said that he, he didn't know that Hawk was going to go fire another partner, right?
0: I think with, so. With Sasaki.
1: Yeah. And he's like, when he first saw it, he was like, what the hell? Why ain't I there? Why isn't it me? And, well, uh, because you still... Waited your contract out for the WWF at the time. And, you know, New Japan called me and they had a deal. And I need to make money, you know. Right. I got drug <laughs> problems too, you know. <laughs> I mean, we can't all not have drug problems and stuff, Joe.
0: <laughs> it's not all about you, Joe.
1: Yeah.
0: Up next, we get yep. a recap of the Peaches Sandman angle from last week. And then before we go to the interview with the Sandman, I just wrote down Peach's video Jeep Tracker.
1: No, it's not. A, it's no, 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 no. It's not a Jeep Tracker. It's a Geo Tracker. Oh It was shit. a sub. It was it was a sub company from Chevrolet in the mid the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. Because uh, <laughs> my buddy my buddy had one, and they were like so cheap. Like it, I mean, inexpensive. Mm-hmm. Like when I when I saw the word tracker on the side, of it, I went, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> this is telling me that this is the big time here in ECW. <laughs> you got you got peaches all sprawled out wearing fake diamond necklaces and stuff like that, and you know, and everything. And then she's getting into a geo tracker. <laughs> the, the, the only good thing about the geo trackers was that it had the vinyl. A button top in the back, mm-hmm. so that's how you made it in the convertible. You take the, the, the back <laughs> part of it. It, it. it was it was completely. It, it's not even like Geo Trackers were a big deal.
0: Mm-hmm. And like, well, I mean,
1: yeah, obviously, because I thought it was a Jeep Tracker. <laughs> like Geo made like uh, I think four. I know they made the Prism.
0: They made the Prism, the little the little Geo Prism car.
1: Yeah, they made like four different cars. Like mm-hmm. one car for every set of um, you know, a, a mid car, a larger car, an SUV. And that was the SUV. And it was it was piss poor and pathetic and good God. I just couldn't believe that they, they Paul out that they, they 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 didn't find some other goddamn car to put put her in. What of Jason's cars. Why they put, did in, like, My like, only did they put her one. in the Hugo Savinovich? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>
2: those, uh, during their shot of their wedding, the guy that was standing up there with Sandman, I was like, I didn't know that fucking Mike Graham was uh, Sandman's best man at his wedding. Like, when I looked it up at first, I thought it was Mike Graham. And then I, I was who, like, oh, who,
1: who was it? It wasn't Mike I Graham? Don't know. No, but I thought it was Mike Graham.
2: And then I was like, I
1: thought it was Mike Graham.
2: And then I was like, oh, just a bunch of hard-on-killing poses of Peaches. Okay.
1: like, Dude. what? I don't know. I I don't know Peaches. I I never really had any interaction with her whatsoever. I'm sure I just met her and stuff like that. But I really don't think she had a clue as to Mm -hmm. what the hell was going on. And, And I don't think Hack wanted her there to begin with. Just, you know, yeah, you know, we would always say you don't want to bring your wife or girlfriend into right. the business kind of, and you look what happened. Yeah, no shit. You know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: you know, and 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 I don't know what happened to Peaches. Whether it was him or her, whatever, but it obviously didn't work out. But and Peaches to me was not was not Missy Hyatt in 1987. No. No, she wasn't even Missy Hyatt, nineteen ninety two.
0: That's what I put here. I'm like, she's trying to be. Uh, what's her name? Tawny Catine in the White Snake video, ain't working. <laughs>
1: no. Tawny to <Katane> yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, enough, enough with this. this is the name of the show right Two thumbs there. up on that
2: one.
0: Two thumbs <laughs> up. <laughs>
1: well, after Joey,
0: this,
2: Joey, Joey tries to say, Sandman doesn't know what he had he was with peaches and she's a glamor model. Really? Peaches is a model, a glamor.
1: Well, she, she, she went to the mall and got bedazzled or bejeweled or whatever <laughs> they do. They, when you, when you walk to the mall and you see all them shots of the girls that they yeah. put makeup on them and dress them all up. That's a glamor <laughs> model. Yeah, this was bad. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I, because clearly peaches is not long for this world, right I mean as' as, we'll, as, as Nate will tell us when we come back for the promo um, that Sandman was just kind of like after they showed the recap of him like slapping her
2: yeah I mean she's around for long. she's around for a minute because she's she's there through the whole um, raven the whole raven and then she's there before that before that she's there with Tommy Cairo. But good Lord, yeah. Tommy Cairo's
1: still working.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be the angle with Tommy Cairo. Pay your bills, Tommy Cairo. Pay your bills. That's
1: <laughs> good God, I can't believe this stuff that these people are still there.
0: That's funny that you say that because as I watch these shows, like I know that way, way long time ago or whatever, I had watched all of this stuff, and now as we're watching it week to week. I I guess I just forgot how long a lot of these people were around, you know. Because you have you have such a different vision of ECW in your mind by the time it's over, and who the ECW people were, you know. You think about RBD and the Dudleys and et cetera, et cetera. You don't think about Tony Stetson, Peaches. <laughs> you know, it's just wow. it's it's I mean, uh, no, <laughs> two different
1: shoot. worlds. Yeah, Tommy, there, there's a nine hundred number you can call if you want to think about Peaches. I'm sure. <laughs> That's probably what she's up to these days. I don't, I don't fucking know, but yeah. I mean, I mean, I do. I, do you think that that the Sandman and Peaches were already the split was already immediately happened? Like it, it was already going on because I think Paul was trying to get was was trying to split them up like quickly. Don't you think?
0: Probably. Right.
1: After that backhanded slap thing, and then when he cut that promo, and then he said, life's a bitch, and then you marry one. And you
0: marry one, yeah.
1: Yeah, don't he think he was just trying to get her, trying to get them away from each other kind of thing?
0: Absolutely, yeah. Because he's going in a different direction with Sandman, and having a valet doesn't fit that direction. So... Most definitely,
2: having that ballet
1: doesn't fit that direction.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Yeah, that's what I kind of what I meant. Yeah. Dude, you can that, have, we'll talk.
1: That that Sandman promo where he said that thing, I I, I literally wrote and I wrote it in bold print. Like this is the beginning of the Sandman, Mm-hmm. because he was smoking a cigarette. He was sitting there, and he showed no remorse that he just backhanded his wife. <laughs> what about
0: peaches? Yeah. What
1: about peaches? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I, did, I was like okay. I, this is it. Like Paul, Paul must have hung out with Hack, or you know, Hack was probably at the studio, and you know, helping him, you know, cut TV and stuff. And he got to know him, and he was like, "All right, this guy's not a surfer from California. He's a no drunk. way,
0: shape, or form. Yes, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a, a
1: drunk. A, he's from a woman beater outside from Philadelphia. Philadelphia.
0: And who gets to witness this history? Jay Sully. He's the one doing the interview here. There's another one that's still
2: around. The Forrest Gump of ECW, Jay
0: Sully. <laughs> he's just there when history happens. He just happens stances upon it. But no, I mean, I thought the interview with like Chad said it's the beginning of the Sandman. It was effective. It was the best thing that he's done since we started watching ECW. He and wasn't wearing
1: the wetsuit.
0: He was. He wasn't wearing the wetsuit. He didn't have a a sixteen foot long surfboard. He he didn't. I mean, he, just, he wasn't nothing ridiculous about it. It was. What you want to say? It was realistic, you know. I guess that's the word, realistic. It was more true to form for for Hack, and that's what's going to be his success: is to be himself, but with the volume turned up, you know, or maybe not with the volume turned up. (laughs) Probably
1: turned down. Well, I mean, (laughs) at at that point, I still wasn't. um, Sorry, I wasn't too familiar with Hack. I wasn't like friendly, friendly with him, you know. I mean everybody kept their own little group in the locker room and you still say hi to everybody, but mm-hmm. don't mean you have to hang out with them and shit after this show Cause we all, we all stayed at the same hotels and all that stuff. But I, I get, I'm assuming that, like I said, Paul must've realized there was something here with this guy and this surfer thing, just not going to be it. No.
0: But mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, Joey does a great job of being disgusted by this whole thing. After the interview's over. that's
2: one of the things in the the non-WWF documentary that, what was it, Forever Hardcore or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Todd Gordon, I I think he's lying when he says it, but he tried to tell those people that were filming that documentary that he told Paul, oh, let Hack be Hack. Let Hack be Hack. He's not a surfer. Give him the cigarette. Give him the beer. And Paulie was like, I don't want him smoking a cigarette. I don't want him drinking a beer. And... Todd was like, it's my money, do it. It's like, eh, I don't think Todd...
1: Who's said, who said this Todd? Todd
0: Gordon.
2: Yeah, Todd <laughs> tried to say... Todd tried to say that he told Paul they needed to change Hack and not the other way around. I don't, I don't agree oh, with that. Oh, come on.
1: I think, I think he's bullshitting those people. Well, Moses, smell the roses. <laughs> uh, yeah, clearly. I mean, if it was up to Todd, Sandman would still be fucking from Panama Beach or whatever. And- yeah.
2: But I <laughs> that fucking hardcore homecoming or hard forever hardcore documentary.
1: I was like, "Yeah, shut up, Paul,"
2: or "Shut I, up, Paul. I have
1: that. I have that, and I never caught that. I mean, because if Todd had his way, he'd still be fucking surfing that beer belly back into the Philadelphia arena, whatever East W. Arena, every month coming and, out
0: to
2: Miserloo Yeah.
1: Do Do you think that? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't have a clue. I'm asking. Do you think that Todd sat in at the studio and, you know, helped edit or do you think that he just let Paul do it?
0: I think that the, I think that he probably definitely did during my, just my inclination. He definitely did during the Cabrini days before Pauly came around, but watching Agreed. the show now, watching the show now. I don't think so. I don't think, I think it's, it's, it looks, it feels like it's all Paulie.
2: I me. think I, I think Todd would have tried, but Pauly would have been like, "Nah." Like <laughs> Pauly probably buffaloed him and was like, "No, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do that."
1: Right? Let me help you, Pauly. He was like, "Well, I mean, Paul knows how to get what he wants." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what's he gonna do? I mean, who whose resume are you gonna look at? Todd Gordon's resume of running a pro wrestling company and booking a company, or Pauly's? You know, yeah, booking Continental. That's all you gotta say. He took, a, he took a, a place that was on goddamn life support for two years. And, and him and Eddie Gilbert turned it around and made it a huge success. And, you know, until they got screwed out of money from whatever David West or whoever it was. And then mm-hmm. they went back to being bankrupt again. But, yeah, of course. Listen to Paul. So, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. I think Todd probably sat in at, at, at the Caprini College show who's – <laughs> because he had his favorites, you know? Mm-hmm. You, oh, please try to get JT on this show. You please gotta get, to get on the on this show. show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> try to do all that stuff. And Paul, at one point, probably just said, All right, enough of this, man. <laughs> just enough. Just, we'll, we'll get him on there, but it's against 911. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you nice got sound effects.
2: It's oh. ice cream, John.
1: <laughs> it might, okay. sounds like
0: it might be the Taliban. I don't know what's <laughs> going on there. Well,
1: you live in, you live in <laughs> Afghanistan, Ann? <laughs> they're, t- they're taking over Cabal as we speak, right here, live on <laughs> <with> this podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then now we're going to round out the show. And I know I'm probably going to get. Okay, Get shit on here. I actually liked this match with Pat Tanaka in it. It is Sabu and Pat Tanaka. I dug, I actually liked this match. I did.
1: Um, I actually didn't like it mm-hmm. when I when it was first announced <laughs> because I, I'm kind of in that group where how we were the last few weeks. Enough with Pat Tanaka. <laughs> you know, the, you, you're 50 50 booking him like every single week, mm-hmm. you, you know, because some weeks Paul diamond's got to work at fucking his day job and he can't make it. And so it's Pat Tanaka. So he gets beat when he's by himself. But then, you know, when he's teaming up with Paul diamond, they're, they're a formidable team. Right. And I, I literally was just like, Oh, come on. This is this. Well, they announced it earlier. So I wrote it down in the beginning. I was just like, Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Pat Tanaka's in the goddamn main event. And, um, and I was just like, okay, maybe it's not going to be the worst. Maybe it's not going to be me against fucking nine one one. And and I, I agree with you, Nate. I don't think that it, I don't think that it was the worst thing they could have done. But they went, it was went great.
0: He and Sabu had some decent exchanges in the match, and there was a there was enough distraction, you know, with shit going on that even if it would have had lol you didn't really you didn't really notice they kept the pace up and that could have been editing um, the i think that 911 fucked up though during the match you think uh, i think so <laughs> he said during the match 911 goes to put a uh, put a table in the ring and Paulie gives him the sign, like, you big dummy, don't put it in the ring because that's not the spot. Yeah, <laughs> so he has to take the it ring. Back. <laughs> he has to take it back out of the ring so they can set it up outside the ring for Sabu to do the table spot.
1: Yeah, dude, Um, agreed. Yeah, 911 was clueless. All he knew <laughs> was he had to get a table. I'm sure that nobody directed him as where it was going. It was just, hey, you're going to set a table up. And I'm sure Al probably just assumed. Mm-hmm that it was going to be in the ring because that's what he's seen Sabu do all the time. And then, you know, Paul's like, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Get that goddamn thing out of here. And oh, and then when uh, – all I can tell you is Sabu is no Simone Biles when it comes to gymnastics. Jesus Christ. When he when he hit that little, like, moonsault thing and he was all cockeyed and everything, mm-hmm. I would have said, geez, why are you doing this, Sabu? You're really not good at it.
0: Aaron, what were your thoughts on this deal?
1: Uh, I didn't
2: really enjoy it at all. I thought it was just kind of, I, I'm I by it like okay, it's like the, the the what the tooth and nail or whatever. When pa- Pat Tanaka shows up, I'm just like, no, nah, I don't want to see this. <laughs> nah. So I went and got the laundry out of the dryer and did a couple things. while it was going on? It was just. Why is Pat Tanaka in there with Sabu? It was dumb. Like Sabu should've just came out there and fucking murdered him. Why give why why are you gonna give Pat Tanaka fucking five, six, seven minutes with Sabu? Sabu should have just fucking
1: killed him. Yeah, and and, and Pat made Sabu walk work down to his level. Yeah. You know? Like that slow we do we, we do something and then we stop. And then we start over again. And then we do a little thing and then we stop and do it. And that, that little stupid karate stuff that Pat Tanaka does is just fucking brutal. It has yeah, to have its own fucking parking spot. It's yeah, so fucking handicapped.
2: That boo at this point especially should just be like boom, 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 boom. But he had to fuck like Chad said well, he had to fucking slow down so
1: Pat could keep up. It was trash. If I if I had my guess, I would probably say that Pat had been in the business so much longer than Sabu at that time, and him being the veteran, if Sabu probably knew, he's not going to do all this shit, you know? Mm-hmm. He, so I'm going to have to work down to his level, so, and I'm sure from the way it looked, honestly, from the way the match looked, it looked like Pat said, give me your, which are three best moves? Yeah. <laughs> and one of them he moved <clears throat> out of. Which was going through the goddamn table. I go through tables? Well, not with me on it, you know. <laughs> well. I, I don't I don't need you to go through the goddamn table.
0: And reverse sy- reverse psychology by Pat Tanaka. Yeah, like you, you just said, no, I don't need you to go through the table. Pat Tanaka actually made Sabu look better by not going through the table with Sabu because then Sabu goes through the table and beats him anyway. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, yeah. I agree with Aaron a hundred percent. Like after I saw the match on paper and I wasn't doing fucking backflips over it. And then I thought, okay, maybe, maybe there's something here. And after it started, I'm like, dude, this is like a Philadelphia spectrum house show match. You know, <laughs> it just starts off. So sluggish and everything before they do anything. And the worst part of the match was Sabu hurt himself. You know, like yeah, go going, yeah. going through the table, like out on the floor. So it's just like, all like, right. Well, Tanaka's not doing that. But then when he gave the Arabian, when he gave the Arabian press, did you notice Sabu's knees? No, I didn't. Well, because because like I said, the fucking Sabu is no Simone Biles. That um, <laughs> that he he's clumsy, and I don't mean mm-hmm. that in a disrespectful way. It's not that he's trying to hurt anybody or, you know, disrespect anybody. He's just not good at a lot of that stuff. So when he did that um, slingshot leg drop thing for the finish, um, he was he was about to hit Tanaka square in the face with his knees.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, yes, yeah, yeah, because I, I noticed uh, – I actually put on my notes, like, when he's laying on Tanaka for the pin, his legs are at a weird – like, a weird they angle.
1: Stiff. They were straight Yeah, down. yeah. Like, cause he was gonna, he was gonna need the dude right in the goddamn mush, and so he was smart enough to straighten his legs out. So he put all, he put all the tension on his upper body, mm-hmm. you know, for the for the bump. So he didn't kill the poor guy. Cause I'm, like, that's that's one of Sabu's things, man. Like, I, like Sabu swears that he didn't try to kill me, and I I beg to differ that <laughs> he didn't try to kill me. Uh, And when we we get to it, you'll see when he gives me that cannonball through that table, that was on purpose. There's no way that you're going to put me that close to the ring, you know, on a table, and you're going to go up as high as you can and just plow me, like, through a table. That was completely intentional. But it's just Sabu. I mean, I don't know what, what, you know. What are you gonna tell mm-hmm. the guy? I'm sure Pat Tanaka didn't say anything. He went back to the fucking, back to the upstairs in the locker room and got his hundred and eight dollars,
0: and then gave Bali twenty five of it. And <laughs> yeah,
1: because he owed him <laughs> for trans in the last show.
0: Well, overall, guys, what do we think of this episode of ECW? We'll start with you, Aaron.
2: It was a lame duck episode, in my opinion. It nothing really happened on it, and I just I wasn't entertained by
1: this episode at all. Other than Mike Awesome, I thought was was. Yeah. what Would you think that would be the highlight?
0: Mike Awesome and then the Sandman interview, probably. Those are probably the two best things about the show, honestly.
1: So at about a what? It was a thirty-seven minute run. Mm-hmm. About three minutes of it was good.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> that's that's really saying something, Paul. I mean, <laughs> like twenty twenty. Six years later, we're still talking about that that three minutes that you had on that TV show. where are Sandman smoking a cigarette, and you brought in Mike Awesome with the awesome mullet. Mike Awesome mullet.
0: I agree with you guys. I don't think this was too good of an episode of ECW. It uh, it drug in parts, especially that snooker match, and I hated that snooker match. I absolutely hated that snooker match.
1: Totally agreed. Just they got they just got a cut bait. Mm-hmm. I think Snook has got pictures of Todd Gordon in his and <laughs> of something or, or something because he just keeps coming around. And it's just like, oh,
0: Johnny, we can give these to Snook. Uh, while they're in the office, they got pictures of Gordon in a compromising position.
1: Well, okay. they have, they, maybe they figured out maybe they figured out why they were in his office to begin with. They're, they're standing <laughs> yeah, around looking up. through drawers and then Rocker has no idea why, he, why they're even in there. Found, it's pictures it's
2: it's found pictures of Ty, Gordon, and Hunter Q
1: together. Oh. <laughs> Jay Would Sully be something? In the corner. Sully's holding the camera, yeah. and, he, and he's doing the <laughs> commentary. Just standing
0: there moist, just wet. Yeah. Breathing <laughs> heavy. Bring out the gimp.
1: <laughs> and, 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 and in, and, in you know between the gimps, Todd.
2: The, the gimp's Johnny
1: Hotbody.
2: <laughs> Say that again. They said, "Bring out the Gimp. The Gimp's Johnny Hotbody. He's like,
1: it's yeah, a gimp. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, uh, he, And then in, in between, um, Hunter Q and and Todd smooching, he's drinking coffee just so he keeps his breath smelling the same as it always smells. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, these these local guys. I I don't know when the fuck these motherfuckers are going to go." Because, because I'm not I'm not considered a local guy there, mm. and I'm not considering out of towner. I'm a drive in, right? You know, and I never worked there previously.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, you were you weren't there for Cabrini the the, the Cabrini area That's what we like to call it around here. But yeah,
1: yeah. But <clears throat> I mean, these people fucking hang around. Goddamn.
0: Like, like grim backward. death, you yeah, like, like, grim death, just hanging on, just
1: yeah. And it's like, I, I guess, I guess Paul feels the need that he needs them, you know, because you got to mm-hmm. fill the card because you can't just keep paying Road Warrior Hawks, you know, right. All t- goddamn time, but at some point you got to just cut bait with um, uh, Stetson Disco uh, Pizza Dropper. And you got to bait with Hot Body, and then all of a sudden we see the development of Sandman. So I think it's a step. It was a lame, like you said, Aaron. It was a lame duck show, but I think it was a step in the right direction. The right direction. I think I've noticed that. I think you can see where they're going.
0: What I what I was going to say is I noticed what's happened here is you the way to to me the way you can tell the progress of the promotion is that generally you have four TV shows in between the the big shows, two will be decent, two will be like Aaron said lame ducks, but then the big show is good, you know. So you're you're just they're struggling with TV, but they're definitely better able to put together better big show cards than they were when. You know, we saw the Super Summer Sizzler showdown, or whatever it was that that uh, Eddie Gilbert
1: did. So, yeah, when we saw the Super Summer Sizzler Destroyers, yes, <laughs> back, back, back then. Ah, yeah,
0: oh, the mean, memories.
1: They're they're clearly heading in the right direction. You can see it all. Oh, he's trying to like at some point turn the corner. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's making strides, but you still need them fucking hams. That you know. Yeah. That, Until that, you can that, replace stop. them
0: with other hams.
1: Yeah. That are that are still what the legends of Ham bone, by the way. I, I, I just I just went the other day and got an order game of Pete Darty. <laughs> <laughs> He's still there.
0: I'll sign right here. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, I want to say before we sign off here on Reliving the Extreme, unless Chad or Aaron have anything else to say. I said at the beginning of last week's show. I guess I'll end with this week's show. Be Chad's friend. Send Chad a friend request. Chad Austin Demara on Facebook, so that you can join Chad's video vault and get yourself some uh, pro wrestling content from Mister Austin himself.
1: Oh, I'm glad you. I'm glad you uh, you put it like that. Not like I'm looking for friends. No. <laughs> yeah, <dude. laughs> I mean, my my circle of friends already too big, and it's, it's about this fucking big. And because every single day when Jess comes home, she's always telling me about something bad that happened to one of her friends. I keep saying, "You know too many fucking people." <laughs> fuck. You not have, have so, have so fucking,
0: much yeah, if you didn't, didn't if you didn't know so many people. You wouldn't have so much tragedy in your life. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Send me a friend request. And I mean, especially, all you really got to do is just send me a request to what? To be in the video ball. Mm-hmm. And I'll add you I'll clearly. Yeah. Because sales are down because I'm living in a hotel right now. I feel like I'm back. All right. You froze here. up for a second there, Chad.
0: <laughs> we weren't ignoring no, you. You froze up.
1: For no, a I was done. <laughs> oh, okay. I was just done.
0: With <laughs> all right. Well, Aaron, you want to say goodbye to our listeners this week?
2: Not really, but goodbye. I'll do it. Thank you for
0: joining us, everybody, on Reliving the Extreme. Yeah,
2: fuck you, Archie.
0: (laughs) And fuck you, Archie. And we'll see you next week, everybody. Reliving the Extreme is a production of Maxin' Out Media, all rights reserved.